Alright, welcome back everybody to the epic conclusion of the questions episode, as promised. Thanks so much for tuning back in. Alright, here we go. So what is a movie that you should have seen by now but haven't? I have so many. So many. I feel like there are so many like classics or like Mm -hmm. big deal movies. Mm -hmm. Like I was not raised on movies the way you were. So I feel like I have a huge gap in my movie knowledge. Yeah. Like I literally just barely saw Braveheart. Yeah. And Goodfellas. And good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the ones that come to mind just real quick are Schindler's List, Mm -hmm. Shawshank Redemption. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, I've seen Shawshank. Okay. I feel like everything on my list will be on your list. But what else list, is on your list? Uh, so my list, obvious, the the one that always comes straight to the forefront of my brain, Citizen, Citizen Kane. Kane. Yep. Yep. Citizen Kane <laughs> and Godfather are the two yeah. easy ones. Um, but then you've also got, uh, never seen Gone with the Wind? Me neither. Yep. Um, I've never seen Casablanca. I know you have. Yep. Um, man, uh... And and there are times where you'll randomly like mention that you haven't seen something or something like that. Um, I realized today you still haven't seen um, Apollo thirteen. Correct. And that is one Gravity. That... I haven't seen either. Oh yeah, that's a good one. It, I I would not say Gravity and Apollo thirteen are great in the same way. Um, but they're like big movies that they're big are movies. definitely they're gaps in my... Yeah, they're obviously both space. But um, I would say um, Apollo 13 in the same way that, you know, Remember the Titans is is great and it's a true story. Like mm-hmm. Gravity is, is just a phenomenal original tale. Um, I feel like Green Mile's on that list. Yeah, still haven't seen Green Mile. Um, I haven't seen like Lawrence of Arabia. I've seen quite a bit of Lawrence of Arabia. I have not seen all of it. Um, haven't seen Ten Commandments. Haven't seen Seven Samurai. S- Seven Samurai. Um, hey, it's so funny how like we keep like throwing out movies <laughs> right next to each other that are like, wow, those are different. Um, oh, um, or wait, you said Seven Samurai? Yeah. Okay. My brain said Last Samurai, the Tom Cruise movie. Oh. Which no. was up for several <laughs> Oscars and stuff. It's definitely one that I should see. But yeah, Seven Samurai. Um, uh, I think Yojimbo. Several. Um, what's his name? That did Seven Samurai? Yeah. Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Thank you. Um, yeah, several. I Honestly, I don't think I've seen any Kurosawa. Um, oh, it's anyone who knows movies really well knows why I'm making this segue. Um, a lot of classic Westerns I also haven't seen. Oh, okay. Um, so. Like John Wayne type classics or other? Um, I hate John Wayne. I've never seen a single John Wayne movie, but I hate John Wayne. But, um, Magnificent Seven is obviously why I made the segue. Um, but, uh. Fistful of Dollars, for a few dollars more, uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, I have seen Once Upon a Time in the West, but it was a very long time ago. I should probably revisit. Um, What's the one that always comes up on the movie lists, and it shows the guy, like, standing in the doorway of this, like, old western house, and it's just, like... Searchers, I think, and I believe that's John Wayne. Okay. Um, Good call. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, because I think it's like it starts with that shot and it ends with that yeah, shot. Yeah, it's so like a bookend. Book yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, just because of it's called The Searchers, it reminds me of. I also haven't seen The Untouchables. Um, I haven't either. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. so many. There's so many. I mean, it, movies have been around for a while. <laughs> but, <laughs> and uh, we haven't. Yeah. Oh, we did just finally see Spirited Away. We did odd movie apparently i need to see it a second time in order to like it um but uh other than that i i have seen kiki's delivery service you have not i have not um but other than that we need to see pretty much all of miyazaki's films all the studio ghiblis um man uh i I feel like there's several big deal war movies Um, yeah flags of our fathers we were brothers or something i've only seen the first 15 minutes of saving private ryan (sighs) okay yeah which that's one of those like tragic things where like that's kind of the only part of the movie anyone ever talks about for understandable reasons but it then i feel like gets uh confused that that's the only good part of the film Mm -hmm. it is a great film all throughout it just starts with a really heavy-hitting flex of a scene. Um, but, uh, oh, The Patriot. Still haven't seen The Patriot. I haven't either. Um, I feel like there are several... I haven't seen 300. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It, which, calling that a war movie, technically true. but I mean, it's yeah, like calling it's... Braveheart a war movie. Eh, <laughs> Um, once you see 300, I feel like you'll immediately be like, oh, now I see why you reacted okay. that way. Um, I don't know. When I very... hear war movie, I think like guns yeah. and that. So like yeah. anything that's like predating that mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's a war yeah. movie to me, which, yeah. which is dumb. And um, I understand yeah. why. But like Braveheart. Yeah, that's, it is olden times war, but it's war. 300 is a famous battle from history retold in comic book form that ends with someone pretty much telling the tale around a campfire and so clearly he's been exaggerating details and that's now being made into a movie (laughs) so so once you see 300 you're gonna be like this is not going for historical accuracy it's going for style and when i say style I mean, Zack Snyder style. <laughs> and that's exactly what's happening. Um, so, yeah. Um, I love 300, though. Okay. Any others that you can think of? Or should we move on? Um, we'll be here forever if we, yeah. if we list yeah. off everything. But, yeah. Um, movie you could force a studio to put in pr- into production. <sighs> oh, my gosh. If I could hold... A couple CEOs hostage until they greenlight certain movies. My goodness. Do you have any movies on this? Not really. What I was mainly talking about was like, you need to make a sequel to this. Or like, you need to make a sequel, prequel, reboot, uh, remake, um, spinoff, anything like that. In that case, I really want some Harry Potter spinoffs. Yep. I want... The Marauders, first of all. Okay. Yeah. Because I 
love the Marauders map and the idea of those four. I would love that. I would also love a Founders series yeah. as well yeah. so that we could see how the four founders of Hogwarts got to where they did in order to establish Hogwarts. And you said series there, right? Yes. Yeah. At w- Every time I hear the concept of like, they should make a, a founders movie. It feels well, because I like... think Harry Potter, like the books would have been much better served as a series than as movies. Yeah. Um, which I don't think that would have worked when they made them. Absolutely not. I think but series, right now it would. Yeah. Series weren't even willing to ask for the necessary budget. I think Game of Thrones changed that. Um, for all of the flack that Game of Thrones gets, it really changed um, changed the game on how much money you could spend on a show. Um, and yeah, if, if you gave a Game of Thrones level budget, you didn't even need to spend that much to make Harry Potter no. great. Because Game of Thrones, there's a lot of things being done practically that didn't need to be done practically. A lot of um, location travel that was unnecessary um and yeah uh but the concept of a founder's film you are immediately and inevitably going to rush the creation of hogwarts and it's going to feel like a an an unimportant moment in time i agree and i would love like as a series to really go into the backgrounds of each so you could understand it because I feel like Salazar Slytherin gets such a bad rap as being like an evil guy. Like I feel like if you could dive into his backstory, he could be very compelling. Yeah, you would have to, I don't know, there are certain things you would have to acknowledge. Um, So I feel like you would have to treat him almost like a Walter White esque character mm-hmm. um, where you can see where he's coming from but there is a moment where he isn't a good guy anymore he's not a protagonist um, because at the end of the day if we're staying true to the story he has to build a shrine for himself in the basement and he needs to put a basilisk in there how does he get that there I don't know maybe he brought it in as an egg and just hatched it. Yo, that would be interesting. Like if he It'd be way easier to bring an egg in than a big ass snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, treat treat raising a snake the same way Walter White treats making meth. Like that's his big like where it's do you go all the time? Work. He's like, "What are you talking? Oh, I just had to run to the store." And he's really feeding a giant snake in the basement. <laughs> Ooh, I want to see that show. I want right? to see that so bad. Right? What um, would you force into production? So many, so 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 many. Um, also in the Harry Potter genre, um, take pretty much any sports film, um, like uh, Miracle. Um, everyone always goes to remember the Titans. Uh, that I feel like there's a lot more looking at racism as opposed to playing football. But um, just those really truly inspirational sports films from from over the years. Um, take that um, stencil, that skeleton of a story, but then fill it in with Quidditch. Give mm-hmm. me a really, truly inspirational tale about a Quidditch team. Just the underdogs. No one ever thought 
France was going to take the Quidditch World Cup. And all of a sudden, they just, they get a Ted Lasso. And they're just, how are they coming up through the the rankings? Um, I would love to see that. Um, which, in this day and age, I feel like you have the CGI possible. You have the uh, choreography and the vision possible to really make Quidditch scenes um, impressive. Um, because, yeah, they never really spend time in Quidditch in the movies. And I think it's because with the special effects and the vision they had at their disposal, they weren't making truly exciting Quidditch scenes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this day and age, you could. You could figure it out with the right director and cinematographer, whatever. Um, so yeah, I would love to see that. Um, for anyone who has seen Ford versus Ferrari and Rush and um, other racing films, like high-intensity racing films like that, take, again, take that stencil, make an inspirational, just uh, really edgier seat thrill ride of pod racing. Um, That is a very rich um, galaxy, um, very deep lore, and... Disney and Star Wars keep thinking they need to exclusively make um, Jedi stories. Um, Or at least Galactic Republic, um, Rebellion, Empire-centric stories. And you can really tell whatever story you want. And um, yeah, if it's just someone who spent the last of their life savings to get a pod together and they won a couple local races that got them the money to get better um, quadriceptors in their engines and because of that they were able to then afford a better coolant system and then they won even better races and then someone took notice and funded them and then they went all the way to the end Like it, it could be so good with the right writer, director, actor, all that. Um, Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, Another underrated, kind of unheard of movie that so needs a sequel. Um, The, there was an animated, uh, CGI animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from something like 2007, 2008-ish. But it was really, really good. Uh, villain was was voiced by Patrick Stewart. Um, it it had a great look. It had a great vibe. Um, uh, Chris Evans voiced Casey Jones. Uh, April O'Neil was voiced by Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, but it was really really good um, for veteran fans of TMNT. It worked for newcomer fans of TMNT. It worked. It was fun. Everything looked great. It. it it was just a, a, a solid Turtles movie. And uh, now we've gotten two lumps of shit from Michael Bay. And now the studio thinks that uh, there's no way the Turtles could ever be a, a good investment. It's not that the concept of, of the TMNT is a bad idea. It's that Michael Bay made mistakes. <laughs> um, so, 
yeah, um, I would say those are like the three main ones. Okay. Next question. Favorite cinema experience? Oh, my gosh. Top of the list that comes to my mind is Endgame. Yeah, yeah. And I would say the two biggest portions of that, because everyone looks at portals, and I think a lot of people think of this, but every once in a while they forget the hammer going to Cap. Yeah. Cap summoning the hammer was a big deal. That movie was just like, we saw opening night IMAX. We had a great crowd. Mm -hmm. You could tell everyone there was a big Marvel fan and they were just there for the experience. Yeah. And it was so fun. Yeah. Um, Another one was my first time at the Chinese theater in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, Do you remember what what movie that was? I know we've seen two there. We've seen Aquaman and we've seen Lion King. I feel like Aquaman was first, but I had been married to you for a good chunk of time, and I'd been hearing about all of these times that you've been to the Chinese and that you've camped out in front of the Chinese, Um, and so finally getting to experience the Chinese theater in Hollywood with this movie buff family that I had just recently married into, I mean... Aquaman, as a movie, I feel like is fairly forgettable, but the experience of being at the Chinese was not. Yeah, and and one of my big complaints about Aquaman, I feel like for a character's first film, it just went too grand scale too quickly. Um, it uh, the the um, metaphor I keep. Uh, bringing up that I think encapsulates it really well. Imagine if um, the first Thor movie wanted to have the grand scale of Endgame. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's a bit too much of a big movie, which, if you're seeing a movie where your biggest complaint is it's too grand scale, <laughs> and you're seeing that at the Chinese... Yeah. It's a good place to see it, though. Another cinema experience I just thought of, Quiet Place. That's that's one that I was definitely going to bring up. Because, like, the people that we sat next to, like, this lady brought these individually wrapped candies that are, like, the loudest thing to open. And in a movie where sound equals dead, like, it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. And just, like, having everybody in the theater be so quiet. Yeah. I mean, she had uh, candies, which were loud, and very quickly she stopped eating them. We yeah. had popcorn. By the end of the movie, I wasn't even eating the popcorn. No. Like, it, I, there, it was, it's another one of those really immersive movies that, mm-hmm. and I would also say it falls into the realm of movies I'm kind of unwilling to rewatch. I haven't rewatched Quiet Place because that theater experience was so magical that... I, there's no way in hell I could recreate it in the living room. And so why try? Um, but yeah, that was that was an audience that at the beginning of the movie I was really, really worried about. And then by the end, I was I was very happy with the with the crowd that we had. Um, uh, great theater experiences. Um, so 
yeah, you you uh, alluded to it earlier, but uh, yeah, over the years, um, I've been heavily involved with um, a group called LiningUp.net. Uh, they camp out in front of the Chinese theater in Hollywood for select movies, um, but uh, mainly the Star Wars films. And when um, uh, Force Awakens was coming out, Episode Seven, we hadn't done it in years. Um, and there were kind of, we, we weren't sure if, if they were going to do it again. And then, you know, a line did get organized. Um, and we did, uh, a 12 day camp out, uh, leading up to the film. Um, you know, you're, you're sleeping on the sidewalk, you're, um, you're camping out, uh, and every day you're, you know, you're wearing Star Wars shirts, you're in costume, you're you're getting interviewed by people, and it's just like every time people are like, why are you here? And you're like, because I'm excited for this new Star Wars movie. And, um, and I feel like they did a good job of not giving away too much of the plot with those trailers. And so you get in, you're watching it, and all of a sudden, like... Uh, there's the the moment where um, they're like, we need we need a ship. How about that one? That one's garbage. Uh, we we'll take this one. That ship blows up, and she's like, the garbage will do. Camera pans over, and it's the Millennium Falcon, on the big screen at the Chinese theater. You're surrounded by people who have camped out with you for this movie. People are gonna lose their shit when uh, the Falcon's on screen. Um, so many moments like that. I do remember when. Um, Finn is fighting Kylo Ren, then Finn gets knocked out, um, and the saber goes flying, hits the snow, and, um, Kylo Ren reaches for it, he's trying to force pull it, he's reaching, camera cuts between him and the saber, him and the saber, um, starts jiggling, finally it flies through the air, <laughs> but it passes Kylo Ren, and Rey grabs it, and that was a big deal moment, because, up until then, the movie had kind of alluded to maybe she's force sensitive. She feel she seems quite force sensitive, but all of a sudden that moment hit, and it announced to the world, she's the next Jedi of this franchise. And that, you know, um, the next two movies uh, are uh, questionable at best, um, but that moment I remember just pure hype. Um, one other quick moment, um, uh, the remake of Godzilla, the 2014 Godzilla with Brian Cranston, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I remember uh it's like one of the opening nights and uh it's like um there's the first scene and then the title comes up and I was hyped for this movie. Um but it kind of seemed like we were going to have a pretty relaxed crowd and so the the words Godzilla come up on the screen and then starts to fade and i just kind of throw out a real quick woo, and another person was like yeah yeah and he starts clapping over there and and by the time the titles fully faded away the whole audience is like cheering and that kind of gave permission for the rest of the film when this gets dope we're freaking out <laughs> and it and uh not to toot my own horn but i i kind of feel like i may have uh, inspired the crowd to be like hey let's get the energy up come on um so that was cool um oh 
one that just popped into my mind. Uh, first showing of Captain America Civil War. Um, there were two guys in front of me. And um, every time Black Panther said anything, most of what Black Panther ends up saying in that film is either a threat or a flex or <laughs> something like that. And the two guys in front of me, every time he would say something badass, they would just let out this like, <laughs> and if I, if if it wasn't for them, I may have failed to realize how intimidating and dope this new character was being. But every time they reacted, I was just filled with this like, oh my gosh, you're right, that was so cool. And so, yeah, every time I watch that, it's it's still my favorite of Chadwick Boseman's run as Black Panther, is, is Civil War. Um, so yeah, I would say that's everything for that question. All right. Most epic moment. Oh. Um, Portals comes to mind. Portals. Um, uh, Cap grabbing the hammer. The last, like, fight scene, like, I guess fight scene in Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. Ooh, yeah. As they're like flying in to like complete their mission. Mm-hmm. Like literally I got a heart rate warning from my Apple watch that was like, hey, your heart rate went above 120 when you appeared to be inactive for more than 10 minutes. And it's like, have you seen this movie? Like, holy shit. Yep. Um, yeah, most epic. Um pretty much every race in Ford versus Ferrari. Oh yeah. That that is a good one. Um oh um the final uh game of Miracle. Okay. Especially that final goal yeah. when when they're getting closer and closer to the net and all of a sudden right before the buzzer you just hear the do you believe in miracles? Yes. Like oh my gosh, that really really did a good job with that. Um Creed. Creed has some amazing fights in that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, as it's probably very clear by now, um, when you want to be epic or exciting or, you know, get the audience into it, sports movies, if, if you're not exciting by the end, uh, what kind of sports movie are we making? Um, so, yeah. Um, and then... I I still I still love it, but um, the final fight scene of um, Ready Player One has oh, some yeah. amazing visuals. Um, so many things where you can just like look look at each of the different characters in the background, and, and yeah, that was really really cool. Um, yeah. Um best or favorite line of dialogue oh yeah <laughs> the one that popped into my head was from john wick actually okay um when the kid tells his dad who they just beat the shit out of Ooh. and he just goes oh yep <laughs> um and and the fact that they say oh several times like when uh, he calls up john leguizamo and he's like i hear you struck my son yes sir i did May I ask why you felt the need to do that? Well, did you know he beat the shit out of John Wick and stole his car and killed his dog? And then Vigo says, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's also the, uh, 
Um, he calls up John and is like, hey, John, we've had a misunderstanding. I'm sure we can talk it out, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden, John Wick just hangs up. And the guy says, what do you say? Enough. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't say a word, and that was enough. Um, uh, great lines. Oh, um, I'm obviously a huge fan of Marvel, um, but Captain America's, anytime he, he says, I'm with you to the end of the line, um, on your left. Um, I can uh, do this all day. I can do this all day. Um, one thing that uh, it, the the trailers for Endgame hyped it up more than the movie did, but it's still great, is just uh, everyone um, in the trailer as they're walking towards the uh, mic- microverse uh, portal time traveler thing. Quantum realm. Quantum realm portal thing. Um, everyone just says whatever it takes and so you can hear whatever it takes being said by each character in the scene that that was a great line um there ooh, i can't remember it word for word um but in the wachowski speed racer um at some point he's really down on himself he thinks he's just lost it all and he's talking to uh pops um played by john goodman I would say John Goodman's best role, um, but uh, he's he's talking about like how how proud he is of Speed and stuff, and then Speed um, pretty much says, "Yeah, but it was all for nothing because I lost, or it was all meaningless." And uh, he's like, um, the the monologue um, something along the lines of, "How could that be meaningless?" I watched my son drive the pants off of every other driver on that track i looked down and watched my son become a man this is the reason a father wakes up in the morning this is not meaningless this is this is the meaning of life or something like that it, every time i rewatch it i am shocked and stunned that whoever wrote that script was willing to go that profound and that beautiful in the middle of a speed racer movie it, it there's no reason to go that hard um um do you have any other not that i can think of um lord of the rings is chock full um so do all who wish, wish to see such times but that is not for them to decide all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us is a great line um uh, and then there's like those just tiny little um gladiators are you not entertained um, yeah. Uh, Bravehearts. Uh, I mean, the one that gets all the hype is uh, they can take our lives, they can take our lands, but they'll never take our freedom. Um, but quotableness, if you're ever like having to like hold something or something, if you just start yelling hold over and over, slightly more loudly and slightly more intense each time. Everyone who's seen Braveheart knows you're quoting Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, oh, one that that really, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I'm going to base my life off that. Um, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. How will I know when I'm ready? You won't. It's a leap of faith, Miles. That's all it is. It's a leap of faith. That... Um, so many moments in my life where I'm, I'm nervous about something. Um, should I 
take this job? Should I move here? Should I go to this school? Should I start a podcast? And then all of a sudden, it's a leap of faith. Like that, that's really, really inspired a lot of actions in my life. I love that line so much. Yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, Funniest moment. So one that popped into my head. We didn't see this movie in the theaters, or at least not together. You might have seen it in the theaters. But we, this line just comes out of nowhere. We laughed so hard that we had to pause the movie because we couldn't stop laughing. It's in the movie The Big Sick, and the boyfriend is talking to the parents in, like, the cafeteria. And so the boyfriend is Middle Eastern. Yep. Um, And so his girlfriend's dad is like, so, like, uh, 9-11, like, what do you you think about that? And he just goes, I mean, it's it's a tragedy. We lost, like, 19 of our best guys. Yeah, and and the parents are still not quite sure how they feel about this guy, so um, he throws out that joke, and immediately the mom, played by Holly Hunter, just goes, what'd you just say? <laughs> and he immediately has to like backtrack, because he's a professional comedian, and he forgets momentarily that they don't know him at all, therefore they have no idea he's a comedian and may make jokes every once in a while. It just came out of nowhere yeah. and just hit us. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, it was so funny. And, like, the, the dad, uh, played by... Uh, Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Um, he does so well with the, like, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm trying to make small talk. Uh, I don't know. What's something he would know about? 9-11. <laughs> as soon as he throws it out there... They're, like you said, they're at the cafeteria, so they're trying to eat. So, Kamel Nanjiani, as soon as he hears, so, 9-11, he's a, like, I think he's chewing, and he just stops chewing and looks up. He's like, so, um, you know, just, uh, no, I've always wanted to talk to, you know, and he gestures towards him, but then realizes that's a bad idea, so he's like, I've always wanted to talk to, you know, people about 9-11 and Kamel Nanjiani does not want to let him off the hook so he <laughs> just responds you've never talked to anyone about 9-11 like it's yeah the lead up to that line is so great on its own and then the the you know firework explosion at the top is just so great as well um yeah funny moments you're gonna bring up MacGruber of course I'm gonna bring up MacGruber Holy shit. Um, this may be one of the closest I've ever come to death due to laughter. Um, there's a, a moment where uh, MacGruber is boasting about how tough he is and mentions that the car he's about to drive away in has um, explosives. And as he's boasting... The car explodes. And the crazy thing is, I'd seen it in the trailers. And it happened in the movie. And in context, it was so much funnier than a movie, than a a trailer could ever make it. It was mind-numbingly hilarious. Um, 
yeah, that moment's great. Um, this is going to sound weird. It's got two back-to-back, two of the funniest sex scenes Hollywood has ever put out. Unbelievable. You look confused. Maybe we're we're rewatching MacGruber tonight. Um, never. I, we're never yeah, rewatching. She, that she movie. hates it. I adore it. It's so great. Um, there's a moment where he takes a bullet to the upper inner thigh, and the first time he like, you know, does the dramatic like leans in for the kiss moment, is while the the main girl played by uh, Kristen Wiig. She's currently got, like, rusty pliers digging it out, like, digging a bullet out of his upper inner thigh. And so it keeps cutting between them kissing and a clear prosthetic bullet wound. And she's not even... There is no medical expertise. She is blindly rummaging around in there. It is... Oh my gosh. Um, Unreal. Game Night also has some hilarious moments. Is that a knife in your bullet hole? Yeah. um, A moment, again, that was in the trailers. Um, He gets shot in the arm and then sees it start bleeding. And he just goes, blood? Hilarious. (laughs) Um, At some point, they have to hit the brakes in the the minivan. And the person (laughs) in the back seat is holding the... the, um, for, For people who know theater and stuff... Um, the person in the back seat is holding the MacGuffin. It's it's the item they've been hunting for the, the whole Fabergé movie. The Fabergé egg. Yeah. Um, but they hit the brakes. It goes flying forward and smashes on the uh, windshield in front of everyone. And they all see it happen and they just stare for a second. Oh my gosh. I, oh, I laughed so hard <laughs> in the theater during that. Glass tables are acting weird tonight. Glass tables are acting weird tonight. Um, yeah, that, that's another underappreciated movie, is Game Night. Um, I can't remember exactly which moment it happens in, but he's, Jason Bateman is trying to hack into a computer, and he starts, (laughs) he's dripping blood, he's bleeding onto a white dog, white dog, and then he, He grabs a rag to try and <laughs> wipe it off. And the character whose house they've snuck into, he realizes he's just been scrubbing this dog with a shirt. And on the shirt is a photo of the guy's wife who tragically left him. And he realizes that and then he reaches for something else and he knocks over a statue of her and the head comes off at some point as everything's just getting worse and worse he lets out this shocked panicked real quick just no and everyone in the house hears it it is oh my gosh it is so funny and no one saw that movie it is unbelievable um yeah um, another one. Oh, uh, there's some moments in Bridesmaids. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. At one point, another Kristen Wiig. Um, she is getting into 
kind of a sassy little argument with this uh, like high schooler that's come into the jewelry store she works at. And they start just throwing these insults at each other. Like, oh, yeah, uh, call me when your boobs grow in. And this teenager's like, uh, call me when yours grow in. Oh, yeah, well, nobody likes you. Yeah, well, no one's willing to tell you they don't like you. And it just goes back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, in a crowded, like, Zales or something, like a, a fancy jewelry store, in a fairly crowded yet very small jewelry store, Kristen Wiig... A little too cla- too loudly, just enunciates. Well, you're a little C. It is so unexpected, and every time I rewatch it, it is. It is a comedic gut punch. Is the best way I can describe it. So funny. There's so many moments in that oh, movie. Oh yeah. Um. At, at some point, uh, the mom goes to AA meetings, even though she's never been an alcoholic. She just likes how inspirational they are, which is so not okay. And she starts telling Kristen Wiig about this guy in her AA meetings. And uh, she's describing how um, he's, like, been in and out of prison and stuff. But at some, he eventually got to the point where he was blowjobbing for crack. And just that line, that... I'd seen the movie several times, and then I rewatched it once, and as soon as that line was stated, I was like, has that been in this film every time I've watched it? I feel like I've never heard that before. That's hilarious. Um, oh, uh, this is one one of the first times I really just laughed hard in a theater. Um, when in Shaun of the Dead, they're trying to deal with a zombie named Mary, and one of them pushes her and she accidentally falls onto a pipe and gets impaled. And that's the first time Sean and Ed realize they're dealing with zombies. Because up until this point, they've thought she's drunk. So she gets impaled and they're freaking out. Like, they're so like, oh my gosh, this just got so real. We killed a drunk girl in our backyard. And then she stands up. And the camera, you can see Sean and Ed through the hole in her torso. And they're both just staring in absolute horror and shock and confusion. And it is so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Um, they're... Uh, the, we could go on and yeah. on about funniest moments. Talladega Nights. Um, oh my gosh. Sorry. Real quick. Um, <laughs> um, in... Um, I can't shake Hot Rod. Nacho Libre. Um, Nacho Libre, the moment where he uh, smears poop on the guy's face <laughs> and then shoots him in the back with an arrow. Um, the moment when the guy isn't dead... And he, like, pulls the the rag off his face and, like, drops the coins. And then he hears it and, like, <gasps> um, that's hilarious. Oh, Hot Rod, the uh, first jump. Um, the, oh, the, yeah. Did you reinforce the takeoff <laughs> ramp? No, we didn't have time. And he just eats it. The stuntman broke his femur, like, clean in half. If you look closely, you can easily see it. 
Um, that's one of the funniest moments, and the fact that it's in the first three minutes of the movie is just insane. Um, yeah, I mean, Hot Rod is so filled to the brim with things like that. Um, oh, another great line from a movie. Have I shown you my picture of my dead dad? Oh, you gotta see it. He's super dead. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm good to go okay. on. There's a chance we may have to make another episode just because I've suddenly remembered so many more examples. <laughs> well, for a last question for this episode. Yeah. Best use of CGI or special effects. Ooh, yeah. So immediately comes to mind for me, Avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one, it's not a movie. It's a TV show. But I love the use of CG in Miss Marvel. Mm. Like the way that they like will flash the text messages as mm-hmm. like neon signs and just it was so like different and creative that I just adore that it felt like it almost felt like the CG was like a character in the story. Like it was yeah. so good. Yeah. Um couple that that spring to mind for me. One thing it it's funny. Um I always really love um well, not always, but a lot of my favorite movies uh, are really, really heavily um, CGI. Like they they use it a lot, um, but there are certain movies that use it far more sparingly, and that can really be interesting. I know you still haven't seen Black Swan, but there are moments where um, it's used. Um, subtly enough that there are times I legitimately may have imagined it and the filmmakers would be like, no, that's, there's, there's none in that shot. But there are other times where it is there, but in such a small dose that if you're not looking for, for it, you will miss it. But if you start noticing it more and more, you'll start imagining it in places it's not. It's really, really incredible. Um, Similar to that, um, I feel like I had... Oh, um, so it is not nearly as good as the original. Um, it's not a remake. It's it's a sequel that for some reason decided to just use the exact same name. But uh, The Thing, I believe it came out in 2011. I could be off on that. Um, but yeah, the, the newer version of The Thing, there's a moment where... Um, this, this guy is sitting there, and all of a sudden, um, uh, so he's in a helicopter sitting right across from a guy who's really, really sick, and the way the movie's playing out, you think the guy's really sick because he's infected. Turns out that guy, he's, he's sick, but he is just fine, apart from being sick. And the guy sitting across from him, his skull diagonally cracks in half and shifts and the the sick guy notices it and you can clearly tell by his face that he's like am i sicker than i thought <laughs> and then he he figures it out and all hell breaks loose it's it's really a good moment um but uh i mean it, it's we're talking about uh, CGI and special effects, um, which means all of the character, uh, the creature design in the original John Carpenter's The Thing is all special effects. 
um, even if it's not CGI. Um, and John Carpenter's The Thing is my absolute favorite horror film ever made because of the use of practical effects. Um, one that so many people bring up for very good reason whenever they're talking about uh, use of practical effects, Mad Max Fury Road just really um, uh, redefined what you could do practically in in movies like that. Um, yeah. Do you have any that any others? No. No. Yeah, I, I feel like the ones that uh, aren't necessarily used to uh, create new things, but maybe enhance what's already there, um, is oftentimes. I mean, um, yeah, gotta say, Avatar, the um, the the leaps and bounds forward that that James Cameron took us with the um, uh, face face mounted. Uh, motion capture cameras um, is really really amazing um, yeah uh, sorry to do this but to jump all the way back to the um, underrated films um, the Planet of the Apes trilogy I have to say it like the, the Planet of the Apes trilogy are some of my absolute favorite films I consider it the second best film trilogy of all time um I think all three of those are absolutely incredible. With that said, I think Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is easily the best of the trilogy. It is so good, and tragically, so many people saw that um, James Franco, his character, quote-unquote, didn't return. But that's what I love so much, is that um, there's not a single human character that is in all three of the movies. There's not a single char- single human character um, carried over from one film to another. Um, it's it's all about the apes. And um, uh, Andy Serkis does an incredible job with the role. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, just, just about wraps it up. Um, like I said earlier, if you guys have any other questions you want us to answer um we'd we'd love to uh make make a second list um but yeah we really wanted to just make an episode where instead of talking about a movie that people may or may not have seen we're just talking about movies we're talking about how much we love them we talk about uh what infuriates us about them um so yeah uh if you liked this um give it a like, give it a a share, tell your friends about it. Um, that'd be really, really cool. Really, really helpful. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you can listen to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon music, Google podcasts, radio public. Um, we are on Instagram. Um, just, I think it's the dot real dot couple. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, Again, if you could share us around, that would, you have no idea how much that would help, especially for uh, just a little um, podcast like ours that's just being run by by two individuals that don't really know what they're doing. Um, So yeah, uh, have a great day, rest of your night, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Um, Anything else? Nope. All right. We're all set. Um, 
yeah, hopefully we uh, we come up with more ideas like this um, to make more episodes that are just um, movie-centric instead of a single movie-centric, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, uh, looking forward to the future. More episodes. Yeah, take care.